Well, this morning I want to speak on the topic of fire. Fire. As a preacher, just preached a message. And after it was done, he said to his wife, Man, do you think I should have brought more fire to that sermon? And his wife said to him, I think you should have taken more of your sermon and put it on the fire. And my wife's not here, and she hasn't heard this one, so I think we're okay still. I don't know if we got those, uh, did we get those images that I sent through? You got them? Could you put number one up if it's possible? The other one. That's it. Church, there's two types of Christians. There's two types of churches. The first one will look like this where there's logs of wood neatly stacked in place, but they kind of look like they're more for show than for heating up the place. They're more for presentation than they are for what they're supposed to be done. The second type of church is the next image that looks like that, where the, the, where the logs are actually on fire and burning. The first one is a form of godliness, but it lacks power. But the second one is exactly what the world needs today. It needs a church that is on fire for God. We're not meant to be just a group of religious people that are like-minded, thinking about the same things, doing the same things. But a church that knows how to stand in the heat a church that knows what it, it feels like to burn in the presence of the Lord. People who are filled with the passion of Christ, with zeal for God, and are consumed with the excitement of being in His presence and His desire for us to obey His every word. You know, God does not look at our appearance. God doesn't look at, you know, how well I'm dressed this morning how well you dressed, how good-looking you are, God looks at the heart, and only the heart. Church, is your heart on fire for God this morning, or is your heart just pumping blood? I want you to turn this morning with me to uh, Leviticus 6, 8 to 13. If you can grab your Bibles, let's turn to the, some scriptures and see what God has got for us this morning. Leviticus 6, 8 to 13. While you're turning there, I'll just give you some context. This is the part of uh, God's plan for the people and the priests and the temple. And he lays out the temple and how it's supposed to work and how it's supposed to operate. Because everything in the Old Testament points to the New Testament. So that it's a foreshadow of what's going to happen in, in the New Testament. And this part of the scriptures talks about, uh, you know, the holy place. It talks about the altar, the, bra the brazen altar where the offerings were made. You know, where they used to put the animals, the innocent animals on behalf of the people so that something must die for the sins of the people. And this is where it all happened. And on this, on this altar, 
the fire must burn constantly. The altar is the place where God's holy fire would come down and consume whatever is on the altar. When we speak about fire in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God is always talking about certain things. It represents something. Fire represents something in the Old Testament. It will, it will represent God's power. It will represent God's swiftness in action. It will represent God's punishment at times. But mostly, the fire represents the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is the fire of God. Let's read together. The Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night till morning, and the fire must be kept burning on the altar. The priest shall then put on his linen clothes and with, with linen undergarments next to his body and shall remove the ashes of the burnt offering and the fire has consumed on the altar. Take off these clothes and put on others and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar constantly, continuously. It must not go out. I don't know if you noticed, but three times in that passage, God says the fire must be kept burning continuously. It must not go out. If you're taking notes this morning, you can write this heading down. Never let your fire go out. Never let your fire go out. Church, turn to your neighbor and say to your neighbor, you have the fire within you. It's time to let it burn. Well, this morning I want to give you three keys on how to keep the fire burning. How to keep the fire burning in our lives. If you go to any... Um, sort of ground fire, like, you know, if you go to a campsite, you'll find many fires on campsites, and all of them will have ashes. If you get a stick and poke around in those ashes, you will find that there is often logs inside there that are not, that are not completely burnt. This is what the first key is. Remove the ashes. The Word of God says this, The priest shall then put on his linen clothes with linen undergarments next to his body and shall remove the ashes of the burnt offerings that the fire has consumed on the altar and place them besides the altar. The reason why the, there are logs in the ashes that do not burn is because the, the ashes cover and smother the logs so that they cannot burn. You have to remove the ashes. Who likes to talk about the good old days? Oh, you know, the good old days. When I was on fire for God. I was so on fire for God. Those things I used to do, man, I was doing this and I was doing that. I was so on fire for God. Guess what? Your fire was never supposed to go out. 
You know, the fire that was burning 10, 20 years ago, five years ago, was a good fire then, but it's only ashes today. It's not alive, it's ashes. And you know, the only thing that ashes were good for, maybe not in a negative sense, in the, in the Old Testament, was that they used to throw it on their heads when they were mourning. That's what they used the ashes for. It's not good to use the ashes. That's why God says, I will turn your ashes into beauty. The scripture says that you should remove the ashes of the burnt offerings and place them, outside, place them besides the altar. Too many of us are living in the past. When you live in the past about what, what the old fires that you used to do, the old things that you used to do, all you are doing is smothering up your, your, op, your opportunities to fight for the Lord today. Because when you speak about the old days, there's pride in it. Have you ever heard somebody speaking about the old days and say, oh, I used to do this and I used to do that. I used to do this. I was doing that. Actually, you weren't doing it. If you were on fire for God, it was God doing it. There's pride in when we bring back the old things and try and raise ourselves up in presentation for others. This is what I was doing. It's pride. The ashes will do nothing for you except stop you from burning again. Clean your altar and get ready for a new fire. The second point is this. You need to renew the firewood. A while ago I was praying, and uh, I said, I was just praying, said, Father God, I long for the days that I was on fire for you again. And immediately, I don't know if this was from the Lord, or maybe it was a self-examination thing, I don't know, but immediately I heard this word, but are you really longing? Are you really longing? And I realized then that there's a big difference between wanting something and yearning for something, because when you yearn for something, you typically are going to go after it. You're going to be searching for the thing that you yearn for. If you just want something, it doesn't mean that you're going to go after it. Oh, I'd be nice. Be nice, God, if we're on fire for the Lord again. And then you do nothing and you sit in your chair week after week. If I said to your church, would you like to be on fire for God? I'm sure all of you would raise your hands. All of you would raise your hands. But I think this is one of the things that you can, where we can take the Apostle James Scripture where he says, faith without deeds is dead. There's a marked difference between wanting and yearning. The amount in which you are doing something determines the amount that you really wanted. I realized then that for too long, 
to long or to yearn for something, I need to go after it. I need to shake off this lethargic spirit that's on me. I need to shake off the apathy that's on me. And I need to start putting myself into the fire. John Wesley, um, from the Methodist Church, he wrote these words. He said, my fear is not that our great movement known as the Methodist will eventually cease to exist or one day die from the earth. He wasn't fearful that the Methodist would stop running. He said, my fear is that our people will become content to live without the fire, to live without the power, to live without the excitement and the supernatural element that makes us great. James Lund said this, could it be that when we are bold enough to step away from our safety nets and into the fire of God, that that is when we are most likely to encounter Him? You will not meet God outside of the fire. Because God is an all-consuming fire. If you want to be on fire with God, you have to get into the fire. In Romans 12, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. If you're ever looking for a practical way of bringing, adding more firewood to the fire or to getting yourself on fire, this is it. What is a living sacrifice? A living sacrifice is somebody that puts themselves on the burning altar. Not so that you will be consumed by God completely because Jesus has already done that for us. But you put yourself onto the fire because God is going gonna, is gonna to consume the sin in your life and turn it into ashes. That's why we go there. That's why we make ourselves living sacrifices. The Word of God says that if you make yourself a living sacrifice, your mind will be renewed and you will know the will of God. Who here knows the will of God? Honestly, many of us don't know what the will of God is. Why? Because you're not on the altar. Why? Because you're not in the fire. We have to have our minds renewed. And the only place you get your mind renewed is when you're on fire for God. I love the way this message, the message says the same scripture that I read before. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday life, your ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to this culture that you fit in without even knowing it. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. 
readily recognize that what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Bring the wood to the altar. Don't bring the twigs. Don't bring the brush. You know when you start a fire, you start it with the small sticks and the, br- and, the, and the leaves, the dry leaves, and you light it because it makes a nice big flame quickly, but then it dies out very quickly. God wants a slow burn. He doesn't want your, your Christian walk to be like this, up burning high, then really down, up burning high. He wants it to be flatlined. He wants you to slow burn continuously because you get much, much more done for the Lord when you're constantly on fire for God. Can I be really raw with you and real with you? I'm sick and tired of my Christian walk. I'm sick and tired of being the person that that does everything inside of the church and very little outside the church. I don't want to be that person anymore. I really don't. I just, I just like, I, I think to myself, I'll never give you up, Jesus, but, but what's the point of this? You know, what is the point of this? If, if that's all I'm, is this, is, is this all it is? Is this all that we are? We come and we, we, we listen to somebody speak and we do a couple of songs and th- is that all it is? There has to be so much more. And I know that the missing piece of us is that we're not in the fire. Church, can you, can you imagine if, if we were all on fire for God? Could you imagine what, what this would look like? This church would be way too small for us. You know, the ceiling is a high ceiling, but it would be way too low for us. We put these ceilings on us, and, that's, and, and that is as, how we go, as high as we go. Do you know if there was just like, if there was... If there was even just a group of us that got on fire from God, and I'm not going to say which group because otherwise, you're, this is what the way it goes. Oh, they're going to do it. The pastor's going to make us all on fire. The pastor and his team are going to make. The leaders are going to get on fire. Then we'll just we'll follow. I am saying that fire catches, right? You know, we know that Australia. We know that if somebody lights something, it catches and it goes. So we want it to catch. And even if a group of us in this church, ten people caught on fire, this church would grow. But which ten is it? Isn't it you? Am I not talking to any one of you that should be on fire? Especially the least of the ones we're expecting. Get on fire! We have everything that we need, everything. We're in a better place than we ever could be. We have a beautiful building. 
we have great pastors who speak the truth of the Word of God at this place. We have great worship teams. We have everything that is great. What's missing? Your commitment. Get into it. And I'm not, I'm not putting judgment on you at all. I, I'm telling you I'm the worst of them, okay? Just we need to change. We need to get on fire. Let me just finish now with this story. In a little town unknown to many, there was a small church. One night, smoke and flames consumed the, the little church. People all over town stood in the streets and watched the church as it burned. The local preacher, he, you know, he just found out that his church was on fire, so he'd rise up, and there it is. It's all in flames. And he's trying to have faith, and he's trying to be courageous. But what he notices is that there's a whole bunch of people looking at the fire, looking at the church burn. And he notices that there's lots of the people that used to come to his church and haven't been there for a long time. So he goes up to one and says, my brother, where have you been? I haven't seen you around for a long time. And the man looks at the preacher up and down, sarcastically responds and says, that's because I haven't seen this church on fire for a while. The fire must be kept burning. It must not go out. Make sure your fire is burning and does not go out. Amen.